to Improvisations on Growth with Medu Einstiedler, Business and Life Coach. We are embarking on a new episode striving to identify the steps and tools which would lead us to true innovation. True in the sense of a better world where everyone matters. So what if this improved world can start with something as simple as seeing someone at eye level, showing respect and consideration? What if we made the decision to approach every new or existing relationship by assuming that as I do my best, the other person tries to do their best too, and as I try to avoid pain, the other person also tries to avoid pain. And while I strive to achieve happiness, the other person tries to achieve happiness too. Listen and explore true innovation with us. So we we speak again about values and the system of values. And we know there are, we can, we can argue that there are several core systems, or we can argue that there are six point whatever billion, how many people are in this world. So every person has their own system, right? So who's right? Who's right? How, we, how do we come to a common ground? Well, the common point for all of us would be just agree with me. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you shut up and just do it. <laughs> That's what everybody wants. <laughs> yeah, but the difference is I'm right. I have the better values. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> History repeats itself over and over. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and... Um, and I, and I do see the, um, the, the problem there because we are making this podcast because we want our ideas out in this world and gain traction because we think those ideas are right. Um, and so do other people. I have a, an additional argument here. And I'm not saying I'm right. I just have an additional argument. That, <laughs> speaking of the common ground, I think... We also have to look at the, the intention and the energy that's put into generating a value. If I come from a place of love, if I come from a place of freedom, of acknowledging the other person, of wanting to, to do better in the sense of maybe seeing people happier, fulfilled, living their lives, I consider that a good starting point. We cannot start with the idea of I am better than you are, I am richer than you are, I am smarter than you are. I agree. And the first, I think that the the one thing we have to start with ourselves. So every moment when I'm out there, it's, okay, do I meet the other person on eye level or what kind of preconceptions do I have? What kind of judgments do I have? Why do I have them? So this is an ongoing reflection, an ongoing process to, to make sure that I'm meeting the other person on eye level. Um, and, and I'm not saying that I'm capable of doing this like all the time. Um, but there are moments 
where I am capable capable of doing this. And then with the love thing, it's I sometimes or, or with the intention, I sometimes find it difficult because the intention of doing good often also internally puts me in a in a higher space like puts me above people that's what I try to say so because I'm doing good for others could also very subtly be interpreted as oh well I'm sort of better than you or you need me and and, and these are the the really subtle things where we have to catch ourselves my distinction from what you were saying you introduced the pride in there. That's how I see it. Because you can literally do good and remain anonymous and not want to show off. And you can literally do good from just from your heart and not necessarily expect something in return. I agree. All I'm saying is that we have to be aware of those subtle notions that might come in. So that that's all I'm saying, because we are human beings, and each and every of us have their their history, and we we are coming with a lot of ideas and values that steer us and work in us on a very very subtle and and subconscious way, and to detect those because we, we are just really, really good in self-deception. You know, we, like our systems are targeted towards that we want to feel good ourselves and that we don't want to face pain. And so we are just specialists in self-deception. To know this and to to focus there and put attention there to make sure that we meet others on eye level. I think this, just with this task, if, if we could, like, if there's one thing that people take away from this podcast, then, then I would say that's the thing that every moment when I encounter other people and also myself, that I'm really aware that I do this on eye level that there is respect there and that I assume the other person does their best as I tries their best, as I try my best, that they try to avoid pain, as I try to avoid pain, that they try to feel some sort of happiness as I try to feel some sort of happiness. So when I see documentaries from all over the, the world where people are not as fortunate as we are, I'm like, okay, it is just by the chance of birth that I have been born in Austria and only because my parents had to leave their home as children um, to when they were children. So it was really pure chance that I was born here. Uh, by pure chance, I could have been born in a different place in this world, less fortunate, less abundant. And my life just would look totally different, just by chance. And this, I think, if 
we could realize what this means that just by chance that the chance decides what kind of life I have. How could I not want an equal distribution of resources all over the world? Because the chance is, is equal, you know? For every child that is born, every child has the same chance being born in the States or in Austria or in Africa, in Asia, in South America, wherever that there's an equal chance, but we treat it differently. So we start out, the life distributes the chances, so you're born here, 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 and then this defines the rest of our lives. How crazy is this? Why, why don't we give them equal opportunity to everybody? And there's enough in, in, in this world that we could do this. We just don't. Why help someone like too much? Why pay too much attention? You're just gonna, you know, you, you give them a, a finger, they're gonna want your whole arm. So where do you think this, this stems from? Is it a boundaries thing? Is it a, a fear just so you can be controlled and not be open and and share. I've been raised with the same idea and this is something that that I heard like during the whole my whole time when I grew up that I'm too naive, that I'm too trustful, that I trust people too easily and that I'm too nice that I help people and that I take and that they take advantage of me and I heard this over and over and over again. I think it's um it's an interesting concept. It, it, it assumes that I don't know what I'm doing. What I feel is connected a lot is being perceived as weak. Mm -hmm. I dated yeah. this guy a few times and he just wanted to go in the mountains in the evening. I was like, yeah, okay, road trip. That's nice. And he had someone to drive his car. He wasn't like necessarily wealthy or I don't know. He wanted to pass on as wealthy, whatever, just to make it really short. I was in the back with him and I was eating some chips, whatever. And I offered chips to the driver because I felt like it was the human nice thing to do. He literally told me that it wasn't my place to offer him any food. That was too nice of me and he doesn't want to be with the weak woman. Wow. I'm serious. So I am so That's over the the being perceived as weak just because I want to be honest and I want to be upfront and I want to live my life a certain way. And if you, dude, cannot own up to that, then you go and you just do something to your little ego self. <laughs> I rest my case. <laughs> we are not going to put that in there. <laughs> Maybe I'll just I, I keep it as a fun thing for us. <laughs> well, I, I actually think we should. And, and I really love your example. Um, because, and, and your observation, because yes, um, being nice is, um, is still classified and, and judged as being weak. And there was this 
article actually, I think it was like a, a week or two ago, and I think I read it either on in, in the New York Times or BBC, I can't remember now, where they had this survey again, um, where they surveyed um, managers and leaders, and they said, okay, of course, most of them were male, and the males who were unempathic and tough and not all, all, all the things, not all the things, so all the things that we were talking about, they were not. <laughs> um, and they were progressing on, on, on their career path and they were promoted and they were seen as effective. So all this talk about we value people and we develop people, when you then really look at what is happening in companies, what you see there is, okay, it's the, the guys that bring in the money, that do the sales, and who seem to be tough, you know? I need to be tough. And that is what is really still valued. So, and especially in uncertain times like now, it's the strong, tough male leader that society is looking for and that people seem to long for so that they can switch over their brains and follow. And I'm getting emotional now, so I'm sorry because this is just something for me that's I cannot I don't know I cannot digest what when 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 this is happening I don't know when in history we as humans have started classifying being nice and polite as weak when in history did we come up with this crazy idea that only the tough ones and the strong ones those are the ones that are worth our respect. Could, could it be on the time of the hunting the mammoth? There was no permission to hunt the mammoth. There was no politeness. Hey, dear mammoth, may I kill you? May I use your meat? And there was no, no exchange there. He would just go and kill the mammoth. And that's the fight for survival. I'm making things up, but I don't know. See, I, I, I actually, I mean, the, I'm, I'm obviously not, not, uh, not, not a Native American or Aborigines or whatever, but there are stories out there that talk about the contrary, that they were respectful to, to the environment and that they sort of, you know, respected the animals that they were killing and eating and using just everything about it. And this is like organic farming today is based on respect for the animals. You know, I'm talking about, them. I think I'm talking about the real primitive man, like the homo sapiens before the second sapiens. I, yeah, I'm not even sure if they ever existed, you know, or if they are just a story that we were told together with this idea that only the, the, the fittest survives. And then the fittest was defined as the strongest and the toughest. And I, by now, I really think this is just a story that we were fed. Like the story that 
the free market just um, regulates and organizes everything for the best of every of everybody. And I think these are stories that we learned and that we never questioned. And now we are running around adoring people who treat other people as objects and, and, and define, you know, polite people as weak. So we, I, I think on, on a very fundamental level, we, we just got a lot of things really wrong. You have just listened to a new episode dedicated to the topic of real innovation brought to you by Madhu Einsiedler and her discussion companion, Adina Arihiri. As we look to understand the meanings of real innovation, we also noticed how being judgmental, dismissing kindness and politeness and treating these qualities as weaknesses can prevent us from achieving growth, which in turn can lead to real innovation. Being strong, tough, trenchant are still perceived as desired male qualities, but are these leading us on a path of growth or merely reinforcing an existing stereotype? Share your thoughts and answers to these questions or to other questions that you may have come up with on your own by emailing Madhu at madhu.einsiedler.at or engage with her on her social media on LinkedIn and Facebook. Respect yourself and others and stay kind even if that is perceived by others as weak make sure you don't miss our next episode.